One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Woo. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Has God been good to you? Amen. Amen. This morning, did you notice anything this morning? Like God did anything special for you this morning? I mean, it, that's it. This, that's easy. I'm, that's like I'm giving you the answer to the test. I mean, come on. I'm giving you the answer to the test. That's an easy. You can get it. Everybody can get an easy A on that one. I wonder what he did special. Um, he got you up, man. That was a miracle. The fact that he got you up. He gave you another day of life on planet Earth. So that's a miracle. Because there's a lot of people that did not get up this morning. And sometimes, you know what? You get up. And you get on with your worries. You get on with your problems and you forget the miracle that just happened. You forget the miracle that happened through the night. If some of you guys knew how the enemy was trying to take you out in your sleep last night, you would be terrified. But God's protection is so abundant that we don't even notice. We don't even notice that the enemy was trying his best to get rid of us last night. Because God's protection is so great and so abundant. Never take it for granted. Amen. Let's pray before we get into this this morning. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for blessing us, blessing us to be here. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. All right, look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Okay, so this is a word, church. Why do I say that? Because that's what we do. We preach the word. We don't have opinions. We don't have ideas, philosophies, all that stuff. Uh, there's probably... Sources you can get that from, but all you're going to get from me is the truth because that's the only thing that's going to last. Amen. You know, I'm I'm preaching stuff that I learned. I'll just tell you about the consistency of the word. So I learned I'm, the stuff that I preach to you guys is stuff that I learned, man, uh, from my pastor in 2002. So now we're talking about 21 years later. We're not coming up with no new sermons. Oh, come on. See, everybody's coming up with all oh, this is the end thing. This is the fat. Oh, we got to do it. This. No, no. Let's teach the truth. Because the truth is the only thing that works. The stuff that goes out of style. Is like clothing. And, you know, for some people, they their clothes never go out of style. They just keep it. They say, I, listen, this thing is coming back around anyway. So I might as well keep it. But what I'm saying is. Everything the world has to offer, it gets old. But this word, it stays the same. And, and so I used to take notes. I would take copious notes when my pastor was preaching. And I'd just be writing all this stuff down. And I got this little black book. And I go back and look at it. 2002. And it's like, oh, I just said that last week. <laughs> because it's the same thing. We don't have to come up with anything new. And if we can just keep looking to God. But don't just look to God without his word. You've got to have his word as a foundation. Amen. And so I'm going to preach this message this morning entitled Power Within. Power Within. Look at your name and say, I got power within. Okay. 
All right, so power within. Go to 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. And, you know, this is a spirit-led church, so everything that we do, uh, you know, I never talk to Pastor D before I come in here. I don't talk to Brother Dan, but they always are prepping you for the word. Amen? And so, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. So you are the temple of God and his spirit dwells in you. Now, are you guys comfortable with that? Are you okay with saying, somebody says, where's God? And you say, in me. Oh, uh, come on. Come on. But are you comfortable with that? Because as I'm going to teach you today, I'm going to clear up any confusion you could possibly have. Because one of the biggest problems that people have, that's why religion, the spirit of religion, would not even advance if people understood that the spirit of God dwells in them. Because they wouldn't be so worried about all these things going on on the outside. You know, they have certain things that you can't do. There's so many churches that got, oh, well, you know, uh, the ladies can't wear pants or the or this. You can't wear all this stuff that did not come from God. It came from man trying to get to God. Look at your name and say, you don't have to go nowhere. He's in you. Okay, so I don't have to go anywhere to get to God. But I got to wake up to the fact that the spirit of the Lord dwells in me. So I am the temple. That word temple is very important. So now, before Jesus, this was not so. Y'all in here with me. Before Jesus, they had strict rules. In fact, they had the tabernacle. They had... uh, Uh, The structure, the temple structure, they had the outer court, the inner court, they had behind the veil that only certain priests could do certain things. And so there were very strict rules and you just cannot go in there and talk to God. You cannot go behind the veil and say, excuse me, I I just want to I got a prayer. Even the priests were hesitant to go and they were ordained to go, but they had to be pure and so I've taught you guys this in the past, but they would tie a rope around them with some bells and they go in there and say, go on in there. And in case he wasn't clean, he'd just drop dead. They didn't hear the bells moving around. They said, oh, he didn't make it. But we're not going in there to get him. Pull him out. Because the presence of God is so holy. The presence of God is so uh, just, man, just so awesome and awe inspiring. All you could do is be like, ah, oh. you know, they've tried to minimize the power and the presence of God Amen. in our world today. Now, just because we have access now through the blood of Jesus, it does not mean his power has been diminished. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Amen. Now, there's a buffer of grace that has been out there. Uh, mercy that, you know, people just haven't just dropped dead. But we don't take these things for granted. I want you to acknowledge something about this great, awesome, uh, powerful God and where he dwells. And so now, once again, he know you not that you are the temple of the living God and the spirit dwells in you. So that means you got God living in you. So if you caught that revelation, how are you going to act? What you going to do if you got God in you? You going to cuss out your neighbor? Huh? I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just wondering. You're going you gonna to get mad and go off on your family? And, and you know how people be getting these arguments and all? Just just mad. Just, ah, 
You're going to rage? Now, a lot of times people are doing that because they, they don't know about God and his presence. But if we acknowledge it and we reverence it to the point where, oh, now let me ask you this before I continue. How many of you consider it a privilege to be chosen by God as a dwelling place? Amen. What an honor. Like, Amen. wait, what? You mean God chose me? To live in and he could be anywhere and he chose to be in me. OK, now let's go to second Samuel, second Samuel, chapter seven. We're going to look one through six. We'll look at this one in the NLT. Just giving you some background so that you understand the magnitude of really it's a responsibility, but such a great privilege that we have as Christians Walk in the earth today. When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies. You guys know David's story. David was always up and down, but David had a heart for God. And so David might have made a mistake, but David would always come back, man. He would always come back because he had a heart for God. And God respected that. God respected that pure heart. How many know sometimes you might make a mistake, but if your heart is pure, you're going to come back. Oh, I can't get amen. I can preach right there. You see, you might mess up, but you ain't going to stay over there in Egypt. You're going to make your way back to God because your heart is right towards God. David had that kind of a heart. And now. When David is in this place where he's experiencing victory and all these enemies coming against him, they've been shut down. God has always come through and and just totally uh, wiped out all of David's enemies. So now he's sitting in his palace. He's only in that palace because of God's provision, God's protection, God's abundance. He's sitting in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies the king summoned Nathan, the prophet. He said, look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. Y'all see that? He's like, wait a minute. Why am I living in a better house? Y'all in here with me Amen. than God. So he's acknowledging something, but I want you to see what God said. Nathan replied to the king. I'll I'll tell you what God said in a minute, but we'll keep reading. Nathan replied to the king, go ahead and do whatever you have in mind for the Lord is with you. And so Nathan, the prophet is like, you know, God, you got God's blessing. So in so many words, you want to build him a house? Go ahead. I'm not telling you not to. Next verse. But that same night, the Lord said to Nathan, stop right there. Even the prophet doesn't always know what to say. Come on. So don't just put all your trust in prophets and all this type of stuff because, I mean, they get corrected by God too. And so Nathan told David, go ahead. Why? Because David saw that he was living in a place that was visibly better than what God had. And so all of his religious self within himself say, I'm going to have to do something better for God. Oh, come on. 
Y'all, y'all, some of y'all don't know God don't need your help like that. Are people still doing that today? They still think they need, people still think they need to help God. But I'm just, you know, I'm just going to do this for God because I, you know, God don't need your help. God could be wherever he wants to be. And so David saw this, but that night, the same night, the Lord said to Nathan, go tell my servant David. See, now back then, this is the way God was speaking. He'd go through the prophet. Now, David was a king and David had a relationship with God, but you know, he had to get a hold of the prophet because he didn't have that open connection because Jesus hadn't come yet. Go tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. Now, God be asking these questions. And when he asks a question, he already knows the answer. Amen. And so most of the time he's asking it sarcastically. And so he says, are you the one to build a house for me to live in? It's like, wow, we've come to this. <laughs> After all I've done, wiped out all your enemies. Now I'm in need of a home. You have recognized that your Lord and master is living in a tent. And you need to do something to help me out. Okay. And so are you the one to build a house for me to live in? Next verse. I have never lived in a house. Y'all in here with me? I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. I always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. God is emphasizing that this is not man's choice. This is what I wanted to do. Next verse. Is that it? Okay, that's it for that one. And so God let David know, as you continue through this text, God let David know that he wouldn't even be the one building him a house. But he said that it's going to be one of your descendants. He was talking about Solomon. So he's going to allow him to build one. You guys remember Solomon builds the temple. It's all this beauty. It's like gold, just walls made of gold. He's doing all these things. And so even when we were to study this temple that was eventually built for God to dwell in. If you guys were to calculate the worth. Now, right now, God was at this time and and Samuel, God was still, you know, the, the whole tent thing. But he's the God of abundance. There's nothing on this earth you could do to impress him or to help him. But he allowed Solomon to build him a temple. Now, Solomon wanted to build it as opulent and, and spectacular as possible. Well, when you think about you're going to give God something, what you guys, what we said, we're going we to give God something today. How many of y'all would be thinking like, well, man, hold on. Hold on, Pastor. Give me let me get time to go to the bank because I'm going to have to dig deeper. We talking about you talking about giving an offering to God. How many of y'all will be trying to give your best? We said, and I told you, I said, Jesus is going to show up. He's going to show up here around 1145. He's going to receive an offering for God. He's going to take it directly to the father 
and with your name on it. But, you know, make sure, because, you know, some people be giving offerings and they don't want to identify with it. Oh, yeah. Let me just put that in there. You put that in there, man. You don't identify with your offering. You're not proud of it. Huh? That's a whole nother sermon. I want my name on that envelope. God, this came from me. Amen. Amen. Plus, we need that for y'all's taxes. But I'm just saying. (laughs) But a lot of times, you know, that's why some of these old religious churches, they don't really teach on nothing. They just pass a plate and they just hope the plate goes by fast and people be balling up, y'all. In? Oh, I can't get no amen. I'm really telling on the religious folks. Balling up. I mean, you balling up. Why you balling that thing up? You don't want your neighbor to see that? You ought to be proud of that dollar. That's what you give and be proud of. Take ownership of that. This is my one dollar. Amen. Now, we teach on a different level. So we got a lot of tithers in here who are in covenant with God. So when you give your offering to God, it's an act of worship. It ain't about the church begging you for something. Well, it's just like God was letting David know ain't much you could do for me, but I'm going to allow you. But I'm not going to it's not going to be you. It's going to come through your seed. And boy, I'm telling you, when Solomon got a hold of that man, if we if we was able to walk into that temple in today's times, man, we would have to have on some of them. Y'all, I don't know if y'all be following football. You know, Deion Sanders came out with them sunglasses. And I uh, ain't no football. We'd have to wear some of them shades up in there, man, because everything is blinging. But even that was not impressive to God. Amen. Not impressive to the God of the universe. So even this temple that would eventually be built. Even that would only be a temporary dwelling. Why? Until his plan of redemption was complete. Until his plan of redemption, there's only one home that is fit for the master. Wow. Now I'm telling you, I started this sermon out by saying, know ye not that you are the temple. Y'all know what temple means? Are you okay with saying I'm God's house? Why the devil don't want you to? Because in our time, in our world, we got to do everything. You know, people still got to go to a mountain to pray. I got to go to the mountain because that's my place of really. Well, what if God who lives in you wants to pray with, you know, wants to talk to you in your bathroom? Are you going to say, hold on, God, this ain't holy. You can't be talking to me in this bathroom. Y'all in here with me. And so if we are looking at this and we understand that even this beautiful temple that would be built will only be a temporary dwelling place until his plan of redemption was complete. Now go to Acts, Acts chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 24 through 29 in the NLT. Let's get this truth. We Christians ought to be the most confident people in the world. Come on, somebody. You all not be scared of nothing. Amen. Can I get amen up in here? You all not be afraid of nothing. You ought to be bold as a lion in the earth. Because what else do you need? How many people you need to call and get a hold of if you're in trouble? I mean, you used to be like that. Maybe you're still like that. Some people go through a problem. They call on everybody. 
Why are you calling everybody? Well, just in case that one don't help, I'm going to go ahead because I got to have me a line up. I'm getting as much help as I can. But if God is in you, then that means whatever you deal with, he got to deal with. How many of you guys got confidence in God's ability? But the devil deceives people to where they're afraid of fellowship. And so they want to hide in some type of religion so that they don't have to deal with one on one relationship with God. Amen. And so. uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 24, NLT says he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Would you all agree? Okay. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth. Y'all see this? He doesn't live in man made temples. So what do people try to do with churches? They try to make churches so holy. There are some churches. If you come up in there and you make a noise at the wrong time, you might get escorted out. Y'all in here with me there. we, We do so many things now. God is a God of order. So what's important about the church is what's happening at the church. It's not the building. It's the word that's going for it. It's the people that are coming in. It's the lives that are being touched and changed. That's what's most important. But I've been telling you guys this for the longest. When we leave, you guys understand when we leave today. And Brother Eric shuts it down. He, lo- he sets the alarm. Do you know if Brother Eric's the last one leaving? Then God ain't in here no more. Did y'all get that? Well, what about the equipment, Pastor? We got a lot of equipment over there. I mean, who's going to watch that? You think God got time to watch equipment? <laughs> Amen? He wants us to recognize the power we have, and so, and which I do, so I'll just dispatch some angels and put them on, oh, come on, somebody. I'll let the angels know, now y'all stay there and guard it all. Amen. Hebrews 1.14, they are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those of us who shall be the heirs of salvation. And so, it's not God saying here, but angels are workers that are on assignment, and so they'll stay here, they'll protect all the stuff. But God is with us. That's why we should come around each other, man. If you come around uh, people that got the spirit of God, there's a lot of people that got a spirit, but it ain't God's spirit. But I'm saying you come around people that got the real spirit of God, there ought to be a connection. There ought to be a, something like, man, you ought to feel uh, at peace. If you're all uptight and edgy and somebody got the same spirit of God that you got, something's wrong with that picture. Amen. I have met people from all around the world. Now, when I wasn't saved, I was I had a little, you know, I had a little shield of protection. So when I wasn't saved, I wasn't quick to get warm with people. I'd be like, yeah, mm," but I watch it. But now I found that now that I'm saved, man, I can connect. Man, I've been to India, Philippines. I connect with somebody. I've never seen them. We don't even, they can't even barely speak English, but I'm feeling comfortable. I'm sitting down with them. I'm fellowshipping. Come on, somebody. Why, you know why that is? Because they got the same God in them that's in me. See what I'm saying? And so that's where the connection is. I've also been in some places that were, you know, in America, we are somewhat spoiled. But I've been in some places, man, 
where some people say, well, you know, you can't worship the Lord in there. That place is all dirty. Well, what if the whole floor is dirt? I've been in some places where the whole floor is dirt and they got uh, a couple little cinder blocks on the side, but some type of tin roof or something. And then you look, oh, that's open. And so that means anything because we are out in the, the jungle somewhere. Anything can crawl up in here. But you know what they doing up in there? Worshiping the Lord. Magnifying the Lord. I've been in I've been preaching myself in a place with no roof. But I'm talking the spirit was moving. People were worshiping God and the spirit moves and I get to praying on people. People falling out on on just concrete, just dirt, dirt with little mixed in concrete here and there. They don't care about no building. Why would you care about a building so much if you are the temple of the living God? Because if people get caught up in buildings, then what's going to happen when you leave the building? Oh, see, and that's our problem in the church today. People got a a get right in church, but then a get wrong when they leave. Oh, I can't get amen right here. They they act right in church because they know that's what they're supposed to do. But then they leave the building and then they go over there and now they're acting like that other spirit that's in them. How many of y'all know the devil knows how to behave? See, the devil knows, oh, no, we, we ain't about to act up right now. No, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like this is the right place. But you mess around and get up out of here. Oh, y'all, some of y'all don't know. I ain't going to read your mail. You all never act different at your house than you act here. If you act different at your house than you act here, you need to get delivered. You need to quit playing because God ain't playing with you. And I'm the pastor that'll give you the warnings. God then came and showed up on people and had them stop breathing for a minute. He didn't let them die. He just took their breath. And now they're gasping. They, they're suffocating. And it's like, oh, you ready to listen? So don't, don't play with God now. That's why you see me now. You see me unexpectedly. I'm going to be the same. If I ain't going to tear up stuff in here, I ain't going to tear up stuff in my house. Amen. Amen. Because I can't have that kind of comfort because God goes with me just like God came with me to church this morning. I'm not leaving him here. When I leave, he's going with me wherever I go. Amen. Amen. And how many know you can't never hide anything from him? Some people say, oh, they say, I'm a, you know. I don't want to do this in front of the kids. But what about God? You don't want the kids to see that. But what about God? He's seeing everything. Hearing everything. And you know what's messed up? Is he's hearing stuff that you was going to say but didn't say. That is so messed up. Like, yeah, I was about to tell him off. And then God's like, I know you was, but good thing you didn't, huh? See, well, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made tabernacles or temples. Next verse. And human hands can't serve his needs. Stop right there. 
Some of you, maybe you're in here, maybe you're listening to me. You think that you're going to get around to serving God when you feel like it. Because God has disappointed you in times past. And he didn't do what you wanted him to do. And so now you have placed conditions on God. And so that's why you don't tithe. That's why you don't serve. Because you have placed conditions on God. I'm here to tell you, you've been deceived. Somebody has tricked you because that is not the one God that I'm talking about. We don't get the opportunity to say, I'm going to, oh, well, you know what, God, you know what? I was hurt by that last church. So, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to hold off on the tithe and I'm going to hold off on the serving and all that because, you know, those people did me wrong. God is not giving you a pass for that. He is going to tell you, I am the Lord. I change not. And so people put up. They, they allow their hearts to get hardened because of life experience. But what does your life experience have to do with the one true God? Either he's God or he's not. And the sooner you realize that he is, the quicker you will bow and you will never place conditions on God. We don't have the authority to do that. We don't have the authority to say, well, Lord, I'm just mad right now. What do you think he's going to say? Amen. You say, well, God, I'm upset because, you know, uh, I can't trust anybody or I'm this, I'm that. Get out of that. Bow in holy awe. So he's master. And so. I'm not doing God a favor. That's why I tell you guys over here, I got I got some good leaders. But they know how I am. I'm not begging you to do nothing. Oh, you don't want to do it. Guess what? It's still going to be done. You've been and come up in here and the one thing you were supposed to be doing, you don't want to do it. Guess what? Pastor Troy going to find somebody else. And I've been doing it all these years. I didn't had people call themselves, uh, well, you know, we're going to walk out. Goodbye. And guess what we did? Kept going. We didn't miss nothing. Because God. God's always got another anointed right there waiting to be used. He got a servant waiting to just, I will do anything. I'll take out the trash. Come on, I'll clean up. I'll vacuum. I'll do anything. Anything I can, I'm going to do for God. All these uh, entitlement people that we got in our world today. That man, I've been to start, I'm going to start preaching. These people are playing with God because they don't know who he is. And so they have all these conditions. They don't want to come to church because... Church is too long. Man, you better come on. You better get in there and take advantage of the opportunities you've been given. Because this is a master that we're serving. He ain't playing. He made it clear to David. Oh, you think you're going to build me a house? You couldn't even get rid of your own enemies, man. The people that was about to take you out, you couldn't stop none of them. And now you're going to build me a house. And so human hands can't serve his needs. You ain't got nothing in your hands that 
will impress God. That's why people, I, I sometimes it, people get, they get funny with like money and stuff like that with God. But how much is your money to God? Amen. Like if you ever think about it. Like you got, okay, you, you got your little whatever you got. You know, people get savings and you know you're doing good now. Whatever level of doing good is. But now you're talking about God. Beside, you know. Well, I got to do a little more research. Research. God is a God of covenant. There ain't no research for you. There's an opportunity to obey or not. Amen. Amen. Just bow. That's that's what I did with my life. I just bow. Anything I got ain't mine. I mean, I don't own nothing. I was sharing that with my wife the other day. I said, I can't, I really can't complain about nothing because my life ain't mine. I mean, I, yeah, we all get to those places where maybe we want something to be different or better or whatever. But at the end of the day, you realize my life is not my own. I'm everything that from after salvation, I'm in all grace period, man. This is, I should have been in hell already. So this right here, I'm all in the grace period. So whatever happens, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I got nothing to complain about. Amen. And so he's making it clear. And human hands can't serve his needs. How come he can't serve his needs? Did y'all read that? Wait, what does that say? We make mistakes and say, well, you know, God needs you, brother. God needs you to step your game up. No, you need to step up. God don't need you to step up because God is moving. I'm not talking about you, brother. <laughs> he said, wait, hold on, man. What if I, I thought I was doing good, pastor. I thought I was doing good. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just talking here. But man's hands can't serve his needs. I don't feel like preaching today, but I, Lord, I know, I know you need me. I know the people need a word, so I, you know, I'm, I got you, I got you, God. Don't, don't worry about it. We, you know, we're gonna put something together. You understand that God has enough power to have you show up and no one be here, and this Bible starts preaching and audibly talking to you. He don't need me. This is about me taking advantage of an opportunity he's given me. I need him. See, when you do something, if you serve God, you serve God in the children's ministry, you serve God in the parking lot, you serve God anywhere. You're not doing God a favor. If you thought that and then some people get all um, bent out of shape because they serve God and they feel like, well, I just, you know. Just don't feel like I'm appreciated. Appreciated by who? What do you want everybody going around like giving you a pat on the back? Thank you, sir. You're just so wonderful. You you just master servant. You're just the best. You know what I'm saying? This is God. So it's like, oh, you mean God gave me an opportunity. That's the type of stuff I do. I say, oh, you mean, Lord, you said you want me to step up behind that thing? Behind that, you talking about the podium? 
See, I never said, God, I need, I want to preach. All the time, I am. Well, my pastor told me that, you know, it's time for me to start preaching. I was like, well, or, uh, <laughs> but then I found in my times of ministry, so many people, they want titles. Like, how many of you guys would take a title at your job and you're proud of that title? You don't get no more money or nothing, but you just got a title. So we're calling you, uh, you know, whatever. You are the director of the break room. You are the, you are the top, you are, you are the CEO of the break room and, you know, all lunch programs go through you. And some people will feel better because they got a title. So, well, I am the director. So you can read. Refer to me from now on as the director. They're not getting no more money, though. See, for me, you don't have to call me nothing. I want the more money. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to get paid more. I'm not trying to be up in here having some title. And, you know, but I found in church, people want titles. I just want to, well, what's my name now, Pastor? Brother. Your name is the same name. You still brother. You know what I'm saying? Now, I I only go by pastor because that's, you know, that's what they told me. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a calling, but my, my pastor put that anointing on me. And I had to, like, check myself because I'm such a person that's like, honestly, maybe that, maybe it could be rooted in pride. I don't know. Maybe it could be rooted in conceit. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't know what it's rooted in, but I ain't really care what people think about me. How about that? So, somebody said, man, I don't really like those shoes. Man, I don't really care. (laughs) Because I didn't buy these for you. And if you don't get up out of my face, we're going to have other problems. Right? Some people are like, he said he didn't like my shoes. Yeah, you know, I, did, I, never, I never really liked these. They kind of, they got a funny bend in the front. And you're not wearing your stuff no more because somebody said they don't like it. <laughs> Amen? I, I was never moved by that stuff. And so that could be some conceit or some whatever. I don't know what it is. But, but I don't, I've never been one to push my life like that based on, what everybody says. And so, with that, titles didn't mean nothing to me. But I didn't find out until I got in ministry how many people wanted titles. I would do stuff that my pastor told me to do. He said, okay, you know, now we're going to ordain you and don't tell nobody. We didn't tell nobody, but, you know, then every time the thing comes about, we're going to have the ordination service and all this stuff. We had to go through all this training. We're doing all this stuff. I'm just receiving, you know, okay, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to run from God. So this is what man of God is telling me. So then they had, you know, protocol. We said, well, okay, so now you're going to be addressed as Pastor Troy. My natural self, 
would be like, ah, brother, I'm cool. I'm destroyed. You don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Because it ain't really, no, I have to respect order. So I had to correct myself. I had to learn. I'm not going to let somebody be out of order. Because it's not about me. It's about what God has put together. And so I'm very thankful that I have a man of God that knows order and structure. And so I just fell right into that. So, okay, Pastor Troy, and then my wife's Pastor Kim. And he got up there and let him know, hey, you guys, this is what you're going to address them as from now on. Pastor Troy, Pastor Kim. But we never wanted these titles or nothing like that. Because that was not the type of people that we were. Amen. But we received it. We respected it. But, man, I didn't know there were so many people that's looking for a title. I'm thinking, like, really? You what's for what? Why you want to be called this or that? It don't mean nothing. And then my pastor says stuff like, and now you got to sit on the front row. I said, oh, man. I didn't do that to him. But in my mind, I was thinking like, man, I'm not trying to be all up in no front row. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, that was new to me. I was just, okay, man. For me, I'm just, like, happy to be in church and everything. I'm just, like, trying to, you know, hop back yeah. And he's like, yeah, you have to be like this, and you got to sit on the front row, and you got to go over here, and I'll, yes, we'll do it. But I never knew that there were so many people hating. Wow. Oh, well, I've been here longer than them. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've been, you know what I'm saying, I've been, well, they're younger than me. And I'm thinking like, man, I ain't asked you to call me nothing. I didn't ask you to call me nothing, man. I'm just being obedient. You know what I'm saying? And, but why am I saying this? I, well, I realized that I have nothing to offer God. I can't help him. See, you got all these people, they want to be, Self-proclaimed prophets is these. That's a big one these days. Self-proclaimed prophets. Everybody got a word. Okay, if you got a word for everybody, what's the word you get for yourself? The word is obey this book. Like follow simple instruction. Do you know what I'm saying? But now, another another thing I ran into: parking lot prophets. (laughs) Parking lot prophets. I didn't just preach the word. I'm always going to give y'all a good teaching, man, about an hour teaching. And then the parking lot prophet is going to get out there in the parking lot and they got a they got a word from heaven for you. I just let me let me holler at you, brother, because I got a word. If it ain't the same word that the prophet of the house just preached, you got a side word. Because how are you going to come bring a side word? They can't even get home and meditate on what I preached. Amen. Right. Amen. I just feel like the Lord just said, he would tell you to say that another day. Because <laughs> today, Pastor Troy was the man with the word. He delivered the word. Now you're supposed to go home with that word and eat on it you on it and then there's another thing let me i'm just under the anointing another thing man stop coming here leaving and going and flipping on everybody's youtube 
you got a word from here that you're supposed to grow by and you're supposed to be developed by. You're not supposed to leave here and go flip on somebody else's, everybody's YouTube. Now you're just a, a, just a jacked up smorgasbord. You got all these mixtures up in your stuff. How I many know every food don't taste good when it's all mixed up? You're supposed to get this word that I preach. If I'm your man of God, get it. Oh, I got that. Oh, Lord. Get it again. Oh, man, I didn't even hear it at the first time. Oh, wow. What's that scripture you went to? And that way you bring your life into order. I've been telling you guys for a long time, the anointing flows from the top down. See, what my past has flown in his life flows right into me freely. It's effortless. I got the same gifts that he got. I got the same anointing. Come on, the same blessings, increase, all the same stuff he got. Same good health, same. It's all on me. And I don't try to get it. But I put my life in order. And I don't have all this side stuff. Now, all that said is because. Oh, okay, let me give you guys a bonus scripture. Uh, I think it's 2 Timothy 6, 6 or 1 Timothy 6, 6. One of them, maybe second. But godliness with contentment is great gain. I want you to get that. That way you don't become discontented. You don't become anxious. People get to this place in their lives. They've been going to church and now they're faithful with church. and they feel, But then now they feel like they need to be doing something. You need to be serving God. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 6. Just put that up. King James. You just need to. Stay in the place that he got you until he promotes you. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So if I'm content being godly and pleasing God, I'm not going to worry about going chasing everybody or or trying to chase titles. You know, people jump from church to church because these people over here want to offer them a position. What position? (laughs) What position is that you're getting? Well, we want to bring you in closer. Man, you know what my pastor did? He turned down, said no, straight up to some people. TBN, all them wanted him. I said, no, you got to come on. We got a slot for you. He said, let me, I got to pray. And then he got to praying and the spirit of God said, don't do it. They got evil, witchcraft. They got some stuff going on that's not right. And so they called him back. And he said, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. They said, wait, no, no, no. We could put you in front of, you know. You, do you understand our broadcast? You know who we are. Yes, I do. And no, thank you. Because he's not interested in man's promotion. Amen. He's interested in staying close to God's anointing. Amen. I'm not interested in man's promotion. Amen. I'm interested in God's anointing. That's why I don't have people coming to me and say, hey, pastor, you know, uh, I was thinking I was praying and I think we need to. No. I'm going to get that from God. Now, when I need your input, we're going to talk and we'll meet. I got good leaders here, but I'm just saying you can't be twisted. You got to be connected. Amen. And you got to know that what you're doing is what God says. Why? Because I have nothing to offer him. Amen. Amen. If I could sing. (laughs) You come and y'all met them pastors, they could sing, boy. I'm telling you, they could but see, sometimes you can, you can sing real good and you don't have to preach good. Because you've just been singing. Everybody said, man, that service was off the chain. Amen? Amen. What scripture did they go to? 
I don't know, but they had a we had a powerful time in worship. Well, even if you do something and you might do it good, you don't do it that good compared to God. God's not impressed. Amen. So always keep that in your mind. Human hands can't serve his needs for he has no needs. So I can't serve his needs because he has no needs. Amen. He himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live. Y'all see this? For in him we live and move and exist. Do you understand? Without God, you don't exist. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. See that? We are all children of God if we believe in Jesus. Next verse. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. And so don't be fooled by these things. There's an idol worship that's going on out there. People are worshiping idols and symbols and all this junk. And it's like God laughs at it. But we serve the one true God, the real God. And go to John 14, 15 through 17, NLT. And so now if I position myself and humble myself, then guess what? I make myself available to be that dwelling place for God. And God will live in me. And so I don't have to try to impress God. I can just understand that he is living in me. Now, if you love me, obey my commandments. Stop right there. A lot of people say they love God. Do you really? Amen? Amen. Look at your name and say, do you really love God? Okay, well, if you love him, he says, if you love me, obey my commands. So that means that obedience is going to be an uh, evidence of my love for God. Next verse. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate comforter talking about the Holy Ghost who will never leave you. Next verse. He is the Holy Spirit whom leads into all truth, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Okay, let me just give you a little footnote. We're going to share the good news, right? You're going to witness to people, but don't argue with people. I mean, some of them just won't get it. You're going to be like, man, don't you feel that? I said, no, I don't feel anything. I just feel like, whoo, did you feel that heat? I didn't feel no heat. They don't feel God because they're not looking for him. And so he is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be where? You know what that later is speaking of? When Jesus pays the price. When Jesus pays the price, he's going to go up and the Holy Spirit's coming. And the Holy Spirit, just so you guys know, is not just floating around out there. Amen. He is in God's people. So you know what's going to happen? When we leave here, what do you think is going to happen? You guys know about the rapture of the church? 
This is why you want to make sure you're really saved so that when the rapture of the church comes, that means God's going to sound that trumpet and the church is caught up. Amen. First Thessalonians, I think is four. We're going to be caught up. Now, when we leave. See, right now, you guys say, man, there's a lot of evil going on. Would you say would you say, yeah, we got a lot of evil going on. But we're here. So, you know, what's happening is only so much is allowed to happen because you're here. But when you go, the spirit goes with you. Then all hell. Amen. Y'all imagine, imagine demons having unconstrained rule. They got nothing, nobody to put them in check. What is going to happen? Can you imagine what's going to be going on? You don't want to be there. Well, let's, let's finish this scripture here. But if we understand He will later be in you. So that means now he is inside of us and the world can't receive him because they're not looking for him. They don't want him. They don't recognize him. But we know that he is living on the inside of us. Now go to verse 23. Uh, Actually, let me see. I might have switched this. It might. This maybe was supposed to be 1423. Go to 1423 real quick, because I think I gave you 1723, but I think I don't know if I was supposed to do that. So go to 1423 and then we might have to flip over there. Okay. Yeah, it was supposed to be this one. So so not 17. It's supposed to be 14. So Jesus replied, now this is Judas. Judas is asking all these questions because Jesus is setting it up like God's going to dwell in you and all this. Well, Jesus replied, all who love me, what happens? So you say you love God. So is it okay if I say, if Pastor D tells me he loves God, is it okay for me to expect him to obey God? But what if he comes back and says, well, Pastor, I mean, I, I ain't perfect. I didn't talk. To, I didn't say nothing about perfect. Amen. I just said what the word said. Amen. Amen. Now, people may make mistakes, but they never stay in those mistakes because the love of God constrains us. It draws us just like David maybe made mistakes. Well, now uh, we're not robots, so we may make a mistake. But like I've always said, if you mess up, fess up and get blessed up. Let's keep this thing going. You're not going to stay over there in a bad place. Some people mess up and run away from God. But listen, if you make a mistake, repent and get back in line because now you're going to fall into this category. All who love me do what I say. Now, my father will love them and we will come and make our home. Y'all see this Amen. with each of them. So does that mean you love God? And so now Jesus is saying me and my father, we're going to come. And make our home. King James says abode. And so now you mean to tell me I got God living in me. So what is this indicating? I got the father, the son and the Holy Ghost. I always been telling you guys, I'm always four deep. I'm always rolling four deep. It's always the father, the son, the Holy Ghost and me. No matter where I go on planet Earth. I'm four deep. 
What kind of demons going to want to get with that? Huh? What, what kind of demons going to want to get? And then, you know, even in the midst of all this Halloween, I've been telling y'all Halloween is evil. It's a wicked holiday. It ain't cute for kids to trick or treat. It's they're participating in witchcraft. You should not be allowing your kids to do that. But all the stuff that they do to decorate is fake. So what does that mean? You see skeletons, you see these demons, they're all fake. But they're resemblant of something that's real. And if one real demon showed up on a person, if they don't have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they're toast. It's over for them. Amen? But if I do have that, I got that power on the inside of me. You know what's going to happen? Your enemy may come out against you one way, but he'll flee before you seven different ways. How many of y'all want to see your enemy running seven different ways trying to get away from you? But it's a matter of you recognizing the power that's on the inside. He's going to come. They're going to make that dwelling place inside of us. And so, as I said earlier, we don't have to go anywhere to get to God. Where do you got to go? Let me ask you something. This may offend your, you know, religious bones that you might still have. What if you had a more powerful prayer time outside of your prayer closet? Oh, see, I'm messing with you. Some say, oh, no, Pastor, because I got my little one little spot, my little place. That's my place, man. I just that's my little place. I go in there, man, and I got my and that's OK. But what if God said. I can talk to you more when you're driving. I can talk to you when you're doing something else. You know why God tends to speak to people more outside of their prayer closet than inside? It's because in their prayer closet, they have an agenda. Oh, come on. I'm trying to, we're going to close in a minute. In the prayer closet, they have an agenda. They have a, a, a list of issues. They have all this stuff they got, they need. But when God starts talking to you and you're not even thinking about him, now it's just his word. And now he's just telling you something. You go, oh, okay, Lord. Well, so you couldn't hear in a prayer closet because you was too busy crying and praying and, and, and religious, just religiousizing everything and moaning and groping. How did Adam... Commune with God. And he was just walking in the cool of the day. How come we don't learn about Adam? Adam was, you know, Adam went into his prayer cave. Adam had to go up in that prayer cave and get a hold of God. God just showed up on him. And that's what he's doing right now. God talks to me everywhere. In the store. And I'm on, he just talk everywhere. He just talks to me all the time. He, I could be doing something and he'll just talk to me. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Amen. I mean, I could be preparing a sermon for y'all and he'll talk to me about something else that has nothing to do with the sermon for y'all. It's something for me. And then I'll say, oh, Lord, okay. Now, how is he going to do that? He's going to talk to me when I'm studying him Amen. for someone else. There are no restrictions. 
And if I realize that power is on the inside of me, I'm not looking for nobody to give me no power. I'm not looking for nobody to give me no protection. I'm not waiting for, come on somebody, the next thing to come out that's going to save me. How I many know oh, you ain't got to wait for the economy to change to get your money? Amen. If you realize that you have the greatest power on the inside of you, then that power on the inside of you will demand change. You could demand change in your own situation. This is the kind of power that you can have that will cause you to do things that don't make sense because it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to make faith. And if you listen to the greatest power that's on the inside of you, he'll have you doing unconventional things. Come on, somebody. He'll have you doing unconventional things like speaking to your bank account and saying, come on, money come now. I need, I need numbers to change. Numbers to change. Most of the church don't believe that. So, no, that's fairy tale. For you. And you know what? For for those of us that these supernatural things are happening for, we don't care if you don't think it's real. Amen. Y'all in there? Amen. Like if somebody says, well, you know, I don't believe in prosperity. What's that got to do with me? Because I'm still going to prosper. Whether you do or not. People say, well, I, you know, I don't believe in all that healing. Well, I'm going to stay healed. And this matters what you believe and what you sign up for. Amen. Roman, we're going to close in a minute. Romans 8.11. Go to Romans 8.11. So you don't have to go anywhere because he's right there in you. Romans 8.11. Spirit of God who raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you. Where does he live? So when you leave here today, you're, you're leaving church. And you're leaving church with the pastor telling you that the spirit of God lives in you. Okay. The spirit of God who raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. And that's how how many of y'all used to be um, maybe not the greatest person. I know we are in the suburbs. Everybody, you guys, you guys probably didn't do anything. You know, he's like, Pastor, the worst thing I ever did, stole a candy bar one time. Am I the, you know, some of you guys, no, I've, you know, because I've been nice to people. I mean, everybody likes me. I've never, you know, but some of us wasn't that good. I'm just saying some of us had to be quickened. Y'all know what quickened means. You had to be snatched up. Anybody up in here say, I had to be snatched up. Amen. I Because if God didn't snatch me up, I don't know where I'd be. I didn't, it wasn't, uh, a, a little tap wasn't going to work for me. Come on. Now, some people, they felt the pebble. God sent a little pebble. Bing, uh, that it, I didn't feel the pebble. Amen. And somebody got hit with a rock. Bam. I got hit with a rock and still kept going the wrong way. And then some of us had to get the boulder. Like, look, bam. How many of y'all, how many of y'all in the boulder class? I mean, you had to get a boulder dropped on your head Amen. for you to wake up. Amen. That's what that word quicken. The same spirit that quickened, that resurrection power that quickened Jesus, got him up on the third day. That's the same resurrection power God had to use on you for you to get up out of that old life, to get up out of that old dead living and start living for the true God. Amen. How many of y'all been living for God and you ain't turned back? Come on. How many of y'all been living a changed life and you know you better now. You remember when you didn't have no sense, but now, come on, how many know you got a sound mind? Come on. How many of y'all remember when you used to be all in these wrong attitudes, all in these wrong stuff, addicted to stuff, all this stuff, and now you've been quickened? 
It's the same spirit. And that spirit, he can't quicken you and then leave you. Because I mean, if he God quicken you and leaves, he's going to come back and find you back where you were. But if he quickens you and stays with you, then he says, come on. Now we're going to walk this out step by step, day by day, day by day. Oh, it's going to be hard some days, but guess what? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So I quickened you. I got you up out of that pool of mess, but I'm not going to leave you there. We're going to start walking. We're going to keep walking. And as you walk, you start to see bondage fall off you. Amen. Come on. You start to see shackles fall to the left, fall to the right. You start to see attitudes. You start to see fear. You start to see all this stuff fall away. And then one day you say, man, I'm doing pretty good. Amen. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm doing all right. See, and, and don't be afraid to acknowledge progress. Don't be afraid to acknowledge progress. And you get around people that say, well, brother, you know, now don't get too comfortable because you know you can mess up tomorrow. No, you can mess up tomorrow. I'm not messing up tomorrow because the same God that quickened me yesterday, he ain't going to leave me tomorrow. So guess what's going to happen tomorrow? We winning again. And I'm going to keep winning. And you ain't got to live a life of backsliding. I've been saved for a long time and I've been going forward. What are you saying? What are you saying? That's what I said. I've been going forward and I'm not going backwards. And I'm not the pastor that's going to give you an excuse to go backwards. I'm not going to condemn you if you mess up, but I'm going to let you know real quick. All right, brother, shake that off. Let's go. We got things to do. We do not have time to be camping out in Egypt because we got lands and territories to conquer. Let's close with Romans 8, 15 through 17 NLT. Praise God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not afraid anymore. You have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Next verse. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. All right. All right. And then next verse, he says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. So you inherit some things. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Can, have you ever seen yourself as carrying God's glory? Amen. Do you know, I tell the outreach team, when we step on the street, as soon as our foot hits the street, Shockwaves are sent through the whole neighborhood. It's already activated. Demons are being cast out. Angels are coming in. It's all kind of stuff happening because we are carriers of God's glory. And so, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Now, this type of suffering is not the suffering he did on the cross that was done and completed. This is you're going, how many of y'all ever had some opposition in terms of your Christianity? How many of y'all ever had some rejection coming from some friends? Come on, any of y'all been rejected from friends? How many of y'all been rejected by family members? They didn't want to hear all this faith stuff you talking. They thought, oh, come on, brother. And they didn't want to listen to you. 
That's the suffering that we must endure. So we might not be popular to everyone. Amen. We may have some people that talk bad about us. But how many know the glory that shall be revealed? That's what that continues to say. We can't even compare anything you go through here in this earth is nothing to compare with what you get. And what you get is enough to keep you changed for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. And so as we get ready to leave, I want you to walk out of here as though you were a worthy house. When you step out, don't ever look at yourself. How, see, after you get this type of teaching, how are you going to look at yourself and say, I'm just a filthy sinner? Amen. How are you going to say that? He says, you're the temple of the living God. So you got God living in a dirty house? No, God, my, my God's living in a good house. Amen. And I'm excited about it. And I'm going to carry myself as such in the earth. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Amen. We're going to close in prayer. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for today. We thank you for your word, the truth of your word. The power is real. The power is for now. The power is for today. I'm praying in the name of Jesus. I pray against opposition coming at God's people. I pray against low self-esteem. I pray against these mind games. There's a lot of mind games sent out to deceive the body of Christ. And this is sent to make you think less of yourself. Some of you have not seen yourself as worthy of God's best. Some of you have been still seeing yourself in the shadows of your past. Some of you right now know by the Spirit of God, you haven't even forgiven yourself. Maybe you made some mistakes, but you've been living under the weight of those things. God says there's healing, there's deliverance, there's a redemption that's coming forth because of my power and my presence. And if you acknowledge the fact that my presence is in you, you will never live the way you've lived in the past. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for who we are. And right now, I do want to pray. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're online and you don't know Jesus. Well, the first step to all of this is just saying yes. You don't have to know everything about it. You just got to say yes. Just give your life over and watch what God will do. He'll come in and he'll move swiftly. Church, all of us, let's repeat this prayer. So we can receive Jesus. Maybe we've received them, but we need to help someone else receive them. Let's say this prayer together. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Amen.